Warning, this podcast contains horror themes. Please read the warnings in the description before continuing. We hope you have a wonderful existence. Miss, I am... I think you need to come with us. Do you have anyone who can pick you up? I'm not crazy! There's no one there! My friend, you should have her on file from the crash. Back in September. And the attempted murder when we were 12. Miss, if you come with us, we promise we'll look into your friend. But right now, you need to sit down. All right, I can see her. She's, she's, uh, she's, she's sitting there. Ma'am, you're not a very good liar. Miss, can you come with me? Miss. I'm leaving now. Goodbye. Ma'am, I... Let me go! Miss, we can't let you leave. You're not safe right now. Damn it! Mortality Works is now exhibiting I Exist, Episode 4, Bloodstain. Please wipe your feet on the way out. Law by Joanne Hubbard, read by Miss Hubbard. First rank vampires are turned through both blood and energy. This means that they are technically alive and cannot be classed as undead. They, however, are still vampires, possessing the long life of a vampire and also the requirement of drinking blood, or else, like any vampire, they will starve and become nothing. Due to their transformation, they are able to walk in daylight, amongst other activities, which lower-ranked vampires are normally prevented from doing. They do not, however, possess supernatural good looks, nor do they sparkle. Rather, their energy is alluring to mortals and other creatures. This level of vampire has more in common with their vampiric cousin, the Seelies, than any other within their kind. They are then ostracized as they are the most powerful and loathed rank. Hi, um, I'm here to represent, um, Madeline Miller? Right this way. Let me know if you need anything. I'll be outside. Madeline, right? You should probably change that. You're the weird intern. Why exactly are you here? My name's Sam. I'm part of the Orange Cats organization. You may know us as the Purple Violet organization. I'm here to release you so that I might be able to watch your energy levels better. Silence. It's my job, okay? I need to make sure you're stable and your fade is stable and to make sure that you don't take the, um, the immortality route. To do that, I need to watch your energy levels, which I can't do while you're in here. It's creepy. No, it's, um, well, yes, yes, it it is, but it needs to be done. So, what happens now? Come in. Miss Miller's second representative? Rowan? 
you actually got a lawyer. Who's he? My stalker. And no. Also, did you kill someone? I'm going to get you out of here. Okay then, but seriously, Krellen. Also, can someone help Eren? No. You'll fade away from their minds, and no one will remember any of this. She'll be let go in no time. And that's supposed to be comforting. Audio recording of What Walks Among Us by Gerald Downstair. Those that should never have existed, and forever will, if anchored, if tethered, have time. Little time. Time that will be erased. But a small slither of time to save themselves. But they could damn us all. They could damn the world. Interesting. So you're the tether. And here I thought you'd be more... generic form. I'm the leader of the Orange Cat organization. My name is Callista. I'm calling this once to introduce myself and assure you however may be listening that we will do our best to help Madeline, but we will not assist her in becoming mortal. Not because we don't want to help, but because I wouldn't do that to my worst enemy. Death is easy. Living is forever, is long and painful, and one day we'll all be stuck here with no land beneath our feet, while being crushed by the pressure of space and still unable to die. This existence, the one of an immortal, I wish it on no one. I will shoot her myself if it saves her from this fate. If it saves the world from another immortal. And I am not sorry for that. There are other ways to exist. But they are kept secret by Alexander and his group. He's invested in more immortals because of certain changes that take place in the world after their birth. I'm invested in keeping this world safe and healthy. We are trying, but all we can do right now is assure that Madeline's fate does not harm others. She is a young god. There is a reason the universe does not want her to exist. An important one. One that makes her unstable. We are trying our best. We think we can save her. We just need more time. Her life could be beneficial. For everyone. This is the last time you'll hear from me directly. I have no doubt a tether like you spies on us. Good luck. Good luck. And we shall keep trying until we forget. Okay, so I have a lot to tell you. First, I found Krellen, you know, after the whole murdery, ritually thing. Or rather, she, along with my other stalker, whose name is Sam, by the way, found me. They both picked me up from the police station, as I was a suspect for murder, thanks to all the blood I was covered in due to Krellen's ritual. I'm sorry we didn't help you, but to be fair, you couldn't see or interact with me. It was weird that you could remember me, though. I asked Krellen about it later, and she said it was because we had a strong connection. You'd be the last person to forget me, even though you can't interact with me now. Also, as soon as the police forget me, you'd be free, so they didn't help you. I did ask them to, though. We talked for a bit after I got released when Sam left to do, and I quote, stuff. It was nicely avoided saying they were going to go and watch me from a distance. 
Did you know there are actually a bunch of different creature organisations? Which is news to me. Also, cats actually genuinely hate witches. Which brings me to the next exciting point of this phone call. I'm going to be meeting with vampires. Yay! If you can hear me, please don't be mad. They might be the solution to my fading from existence. I asked Kralin if witches would be any help. She doesn't know, and recommends I stay away. It's not that they're evil. Apparently they're just not good with outsiders, or cats, or vampires, which I pointed out seemed to make up most of Kralin's contacts, which she ignored. What else do I have to tell you? Um... Oh, we had a run-in with a Kralon said Immortal, but yeah, I i mean, I thought Immortals would look more old. Kralon said not to mess with them either. I asked why. She explained for once. Apparently there are twelve known Immortals, three of which were kings and horrible dictators. One of the other Immortals runs the Orange Cats Incorporated. Allegedly, two of the three kings have been put into a sleep state and have been sleeping for the last 200 years. It wasn't good. Lots of blood. The third king was a necromancer as well, and thus knew how to kill the others of his kind. Kralon stopped talking after that. I... I don't know how old she is, but... I don't think she was alive when it happened. I hope she wasn't. The new guy was leaning on a pole after we came out of the coffee shop. Krellen shouted. She got us coffee to make up for landing me in prison. I don't really know what to say. He looked normal enough. Nice suit, all black clothes. Even his shirt was black. He didn't look any more threatening than anyone else. Introductions were tense, but only on our side. He said, My name's Jay. Nice to meet you. To which Krellen responded with, Get lost. She was holding something under her cloak. I don't know what, but she felt dangerous. He just raised his eyebrows. I kind of felt warm in his presence. So, you're the famous Madeline. I can see what everybody means. Very impressive. Maybe you'll make it. Maybe you won't. Crown took a step forward and he backed up, hands in the air. All right, Death Whisperer. I'll stay back. Do send my regards to your family. Crown was not impressed in the slightest. I, uh, I don't know how to feel. I asked her if immortality would reverse the effects of, you know, fading from existence. She nodded her head, but I've never seen anyone look more grave. I asked her to expand, and all she said was this. Look, we have an out. Necromancers, vampires, elves, and all our long-lived companions. But when you're immortal... There is no end. Even at the end, you'll be here. Is that worth it? And, I mean, maybe? Because I get to exist. And plus, I think my non-existence would just make me immortal and forgotten. I'd rather be immortal and remembered. I told Kralin that, and she looked like she wanted to strangle me. Which isn't really that different from our normal interactions. But the vampires should help. Should being the operate word. I think I might do some research into witches, just in case. Okay, I'm gonna go. Love you. Bye. Be safe. Sorry for leaving you in prison. Wild Law by Joan Hubbard. Red.
and by Miss Hubbard. It is important to know the etiquette when working with the highest rank, as their ability to manipulate energy does not just stem only from their vampiric change, but also from their previous form, meaning they are incredibly powerful and prone to trickery, if one knows nothing else. Like in the Greek myth of Persephone, and in the court of Seelys, you must not eat any food they offer you. Their energy warps it, and you become marked by them. While this earns you their protection, it also puts you under their command, not to the extent of which our names give the speaker power, but it is still quite strong. It also shows your allegiance with the particular vampire you dine with. The more food, or the stronger the vampire, the greater the tie. Further etiquette to consider would be classed the entry and exit performance. Once asked inside, it is only polite to break skin and offer blood, as they too break skin and offer blood. If either party is unwilling, it shows ill will and offence must be taken. Additionally, if the vampire's blood runs blue, they mean you harm, just as they can smell it in your blood. Hence, if the ritual is delayed, aggression is assumed. This is to be done on both entry and exit to prove goodwill. While there is more, one should consider these key points. The rest can and will be ignored and assumed as ignorance from either party. Sometimes the vampire will take it upon oneself to teach the etiquette of the person lacks. Be warned that these lessons can sometimes be a sham and done purely for the vampire's entertainment. The call into the endless. The call to be endless. It is a siren. And it is insanity. Immortality by Neon Grey. I, uh... I ran into that guy again. This time it was just me, though. He was waiting for me in the bookshop Krellen took me to after we got our coffee. I think she still feels slightly guilty about the prison thing. So, I walked back into the bookstore to buy more books, or rather take more books, as at the moment, things I take duplicate, and yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I completely forgot to tell you. So, you know, with all the blood and everything, it just slipped my mind. Um, but I no longer exist at work, which is so fantastic. Sam told me. But the orange cats are going to pay for my room so that way they can keep watching me and know where I am in a more convenient manner. I asked Sam if they wanted to crash in my room or on the floor instead of in their car and they shook their head and told me that wouldn't count as spying. Anyway, I went into the bookstore and he's sitting there waiting with a pile of books ready for me to take. His treat. I, uh, I don't trust him, but, but I need more answers. This is how our conversation went. Me. You're an immortal? Him. So I'm told. His voice was like honey and melted chocolate on a winter's day. I would kill to have a voice like that. Okay. I wouldn't kill, but you know what I mean. Me. Why? Him. Well, once a long time ago, 
I was dying, and to stop dying, I chose to become immortal. I felt as though he was treating me as a child, which, I suppose to him, I was. Me. How old are you? Him. It's a bit rude to ask for a gentleman's age, don't you know? I just stared at him as he chuckled. I didn't get any bad vibes from him, but I just... I'm not good at peopling. I'm certainly not good at immortalitying. Me. Why me? Him. At this question, he grinned, and for the first time, I felt the rolling of uncomfort in my gut. Him. Why you indeed? He paused, seeming to take in my posture and thoughts in one mental gulp. I felt as though I was being eaten alive. Him. Let us start with this. Every day, thousands of life forms are wiped from existence. In a blink of an eye, they are gone. Think of it as the universe making sure we are on the right path. Now, some people are kept here because someone happened to protect them, intentionally or unintentionally. It is interesting to us when a person manages to keep themselves here, because they don't normally have a chance to even try. And the only reason we know this is because immortals are the only permanent thing, the only thing that remembers everything and everyone, even all the people, places and objects that the world forgets. To find someone with your abilities still in existence is one thing, but to find that you're able to maintain your existence, that is another thing altogether. I blinked. I think that's all I could do. And then he said, Oh, and Madeline? Change your name. Everyone knows it. And trust me, you do not want that. And with that, he finished the coffee he'd been drinking without me noticing, and then left with a, I hope you enjoy your books. What am I supposed to do with that? What is anyone supposed to do with that? He annoys me. I haven't had the chance to read the books yet. I'm too busy working through the ones I already have. And honestly, he's all assuming and like up himself, so it may take me a while to get to his books. Okay, I'm gonna go. Love you. Bye. Be safe. Names, I Willow Heather. If someone knows your name, they can find you. They can trace your energy. They can control you. They can destroy you. I Exist was produced by Mortality Works, directed and written by Ashley Thompson, assistant director Simone Beeson, edited by Simone Beeson, music by Tiana Allen, voice actors and characters Fleming and Callista were voiced by Tiana Allen, the voice of Mortality Works was voiced by Simone Beeson, Gerald and Sam were voiced by Jason Burgess. Alexander Poem and Miss Hubbard were voiced by Tristan O'Neill. Madeline Miller was voiced by Ashley Thompson. Kralin and Stromsky were voiced by Morgan Thompson. 
If you wish to support our continued existence, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you download your favourite podcasts. Additionally, if you have the means, consider donating to our Patreon, Mortality Works. Need more proof of our existence? Come check us out at Mortality Works, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hope you have a wonderful existence.